You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. Now our feature presentation. Spring turns to summer, and my thoughts turn to family. I have one. A family, that is. Parents of a sort, now far distant and so removed from this physical world I choose to inhabit that communication with them is meaningless. Siblings, I have said I am one of four. What? Byron, it's me. Good for you. I'm not interested. I would like to meet with you. There are matters that need to be discussed. Thanks, but I'm done talking. I must insist, brother. It is important to me that we speak. You could at least knock, Estiva. I used the telephone. It seemed correct. I should have known it was one of you. The phone hasn't been connected for three years. Should I apologize for contacting you in an inappropriate way? You never had reason to apologize before. Our sister is asking for a gathering in the realm of our brother. How's she doing? This time of year always reminds me of her. She is well. She's coming into strength, and I believe that is why she seeks our counsel. Slateface will be there? If by that you mean our brother, yes. He has agreed to host us for this meeting. What's so important that you need to come and disturb my peace? Zoe would not speak of details, but she said to tell you that... The Leviathan dances? I'll get my coat. Decorate. This place is cold. I suppose you like it like that. You could make it cozier, though. Some open fires, some carpets, even some windows. Hey, kid. Byron! You came! I am also an attendant sister. I made party hats for everyone. I think we should wear them and have a party. You are all in my house, sister. There is no need for celebration. Oh, joy. Slate's here. Be still, brethren. Zoe, you have summoned us to the house of our eldest brother. What cause do you have for this gathering? It is my time. I have been absorbing the movements of prophecy. The lines between stars and blood are changing. There is a new dancer rising in the chorus. And he speaks your name, Byron. So? Your true name. Ah, I see. Well, that was worth the price of admission. Slate, you think you could rustle me up a large scotch on the rocks? You ignore your responsibilities, Byron. You should abandon this place you now call home. Your realm is where you belong. This is not the time to discuss. I say it is. 
That's the problem with you, Slate. It's always about what you think is right. I don't remember Father ever saying you were left in charge. Father, that's funny. Kind of. It is not right to speak of those above us. They are not involved in the workings of our realms anymore. They are merely present. They are not your concern. They have never abandoned their purpose. Only you, Byron. You know nothing about me. You would stand and judge me, Slate. I must. And I do. Forget it. Zoe, you know where you can find me. Hi, Steva. Nice to see you again after all these years. Typical of Slate. Eldest of us, if any of us can be said to be older. He was always been the grave one, serious and deep thinking. Glaciers could get bored waiting for Slate to step forward. Zoe, the gentlest of us, was still worthy of respect. She was no less unique than her siblings, but her persona was easy to dismiss as that of a child. Perhaps that's what made her the most dangerous of us all. She could be warm and light, and then strike like lightning in the blink of an eye. Isteva was always the wisest, the one who saw most clearly. I try not to hate her for that. Sometimes I wonder why I ever bother trying to have a quiet night at home. You're here. I've been trying to call you all day. I was out of town. Are you okay, Miss Sparrow? You don't look at all well. I can't sleep. I can't think. I I smell things. I hear things. Those those monster things I was seeing? They're still there. I can't keep anything down. I'm about to lose my job. Oh dear. How truly tragic. Tragic? This is my life we're talking about. Am I... Am I dying? Or is what you said coming true? What I said? Oh, yes. Vampirism. Traces of rush in your system. Open your mouth. Let me see. Mm. Why is he? Your canines are definitely elongating. Your breath smells of decay, and you had your tonsils removed when you were a child. Well... Thank you, Dr. Byron. It's not that bad. You weren't a heavy user of Rush, so you might be lucky and actually enjoy eternity of real vampirism, as opposed to the bestial mockery that the Rush users are becoming. I was never a Rush user at all. I got attacked and bitten by some freak, remember? I never asked for this. Well, my only advice is to make the best of it. I used to hate the sight of blood. Now, now I can smell it. Smell the blood rushing through people's veins. It's... it's intoxicating. Well, Chris, there is one thing I can do. I can introduce you to someone. Someone who may be able to give you a few pointers. A friend of yours? In a sense. A very, very... old friend.
Nice place. Better interior decoration than your tower. I decorated that tower myself. I could guess. Ah, Byron. What an unpleasant surprise. Caduceus, likewise. And who is this you have bought with you? A tasty mortal morsel, hmm? She is more of a potential diner than a potential dinner, Caduceus. I see. Not quite ready to take her place at the Eternal Feast, but on the way, yes? Who made her? Rush user. It bit her not so long ago. She's never used the stuff herself, but I've detected traces of it in her system. Interesting. I am aware of a small but growing presence of these feral in the city. Can you help me? Depends on what kind of help you are seeking, my dear. I want a cure. I don't want to become a vampire. How charmingly naive. There is no cure except death. Though you are far enough advanced that even that may not stop you from rising again. You should focus instead on accepting the journey you are embarking on. It really isn't the end. It is why I brought her here to you, Caduceus. I thought you might like to offer some advice. Give Chris some tips on how to adapt to her new condition. You mistake me for one who has an interest in the well-being of others, Byron. And you mistake me for one who will allow you to refuse, Caduceus. Very well. What is your name, child? Chris Sparrow. You are going to die, Chris Sparrow. You will die, but live on. You will find you develop increasing sensitivity to sunlight. Food and drink will be deadly to you. Blood, be it human or animal, will be your only sustenance. Oh, God. Why is this happening to me? Crosses, garlic, and stuff will be bad, right? Only if one should fall on you from a great height. Garlic. Well, I personally enjoy the smell of it. But I understand some are offended by its odor. I'm going to kill the bastard who did this to me. An admirable sentiment, Chris, but it was already taken care of. I have my own investigation into the drug rush to complete, and given your current state, you may even prove useful to me. I too would be satisfied to see the source of this drug destroyed, Byron. The forces behind it are placing my kind at risk of unnecessary exposure. You still owe me for that time in Rome. And we have all eternity to resolve debts of blood, pale man. Chris, this is my card. Call me any time after nightfall. Okay. Any other advice? Start looking for employment opportunities on the graveyard shift. Caduceus was right about the increasing number of rush-using mutants appearing on the streets of Portland. Soon they would become a visible presence to even the blind sheep of humanity. I wasn't about to let that happen, but I couldn't shake the feeling that whoever was behind this was using rush as their way of drawing me to them. I would have been happier if they'd just sent me an email. hear every drop. It's like music. Remarkable. Come along, we have to find some junkies. 
Junkies? Why? You'll find out. They smell worse than wet dogs. Can you smell any rush users? I... I think so. They have a rotting stench in it. Never mind. I think I found one. They are so disgusting. I need you to bite him. Not kill him. Just bite him. Get a good taste of his blood. You've got to be kidding me. I am not biting one of these things. Quickly, Chris, before he scuttles off like a blood-soaked cockroach. Fine. Not sure what he want right now, Byron. You or me? Enough, Chris. I said enough. Oh, God. That was... That was good. Look at me, Chris. I need you to focus now. Can you feel him? Can you see where he is going? Yes. Yes, I... I can. He's heading down, opening a sewer grate. We need to follow him. And then what do we do? It depends entirely on whom he leads us to. This way. Threads of time cross and intersect into a cosmic tapestry of probability. Some say this is destiny, but destiny is about wishful thinking, and those who plan far enough ahead know there is no such thing. There is only coincidence, and the fruit of endless labours of bringing about what's to happen. Here. He went through this wall. Uh, through this solid wall? Scent stops here. He's in a place darker than night now. I can't see through his eyes. Step back and cover your eyes. I could use a little help here. How did you do that? It's not important. Well, you can lead on, Byron. Fine. Follow me, then. I smell rush. I smell a lot of rush. It's very powerful. Somewhere up this tunnel... This must be where they manufacture it. Should we call the police? <laughs> and tell them what? That there's a major new drug operation happening under the city? <laughs> oh, and by the way, officer, the true connoisseurs of this new... narcotic turn into blood-raging monsters. I can take care of them. Chris... You've tasted blood, which I understand will only hasten your metamorphosis, but do try to retain some semblance of restraint. Screw restraint! I don't remember anyone showing me any restraint when I got attacked at the train station. Oh well, guess that's one way to deal with the problem. With unbridled enthusiasm, Chris Sparrow made use of her new strength and did a satisfactory job of 
of nullifying any threat that may have come from the workers huddled around the welded table and associated oversized chemistry set that was brewing the narcotic mixture. Given the street value of Rush at the time, she spent a lot of someone else's money in those few brief, destructive seconds. All right. So who's next? I think you're finished, Chris. Now then, if there is anyone left in here capable of speech, I would like to know where the party behind it all can be found. Hey, Byron. Hey, how's things, pale dude? Sherry. My dear old friend. Why am I not surprised to find you involved in this? Yeah, but, well, hey, you know how it is, man. God, guys gotta eat, right? Really, Jerry? When did you make that startling realization? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Who is in charge here, Jerry? I want you to show me where I can find the person doing this. And I want it now. Oh, hey, hey, all right, okay. Uh, put me down and uh, I'll show and tell. Jeez. Oh, yeah, well, we don't see him. No, not much. He comes, he goes. <laughs> where he stops, nobody knows. <laughs> where does he come and go from? Uh, over here, door number one. Blood. Lots of blood. I smell it too. Thank you, Jerry. You can run away now. After you, pale man. Well, that explains the smell of blood. Why would anyone transfuse so much blood into glass jars? should have known. Follow those tubes. We're looking for the other end. They go through this hole. Stand back. You going to blow the wall again? No, but I can see the outline of a hidden door. It opens outwards. took you so damn long. Of course. You two would have to know each other. Allow me. Chris Sparrow, this is Bran Larvin, a vampire who did something very foolish a very long time ago, and it should have destroyed him. Apparently not. So, you are sitting down here in the dark, sucking the life out of people and storing your own blood in jars? The mystery ingredient in Rush the blood of one of the most irritating vampires to ever walk the earth. Most powerful of the undead. Lord and master of life, death, and even you, Byron. Oh, please. Your kind always forget that you were human once. It's a sad joke. You're parasites. You suck the blood from the living and swagger about like you're something special. I have news for you, Bran. You are nothing. 
You are a cosmic joke, a mistake, an annoyance. There are bacteria out there with more purposeful existences. I nearly destroyed you once, Byron. Remember that? I remember. Ah, the sweet taste of your blood. You should have been destroyed by that. Should have, but was not. I suffer greatly as your blood scoured my veins. Such visions, such knowledge it imparted to me. I fell into a stupor. A long dream filled with sleep as your blood changed what I am. Some time had passed, and I finally began to hear the sounds of the celestial song. A reading note from the beginning of creation. And I awoke. I awoke and danced again. Oh, please, can we get over the melodrama? I feel like we should have violins playing sad melodies or something. Can you get to the point? I've been gathering information, feeding on the strong until their strength became mine. Then I looked and found you, cowering here in this city. You came looking for me? I had to, because of what you did. Did to her all those years ago. You caused that. You turned her into a vampire, violated what she was. She came to me willingly. She loved me, and I her. You. You couldn't let that be, could you? Had to destroy what we had. Pettiness. I had no choice. I did what had to be done. All which you will pay for. I know what you are, Byron. Pale man, Masesis Alvasar. All this and more men have called you. But none have called you. Ah! You did this to me! I'm going to kill you, bastard! Child! I can't allow you to keep doing this, Bran. I have to stop you. No! It is I who will stop you! Behold what I have become! By all rights, I am a god now! And more than your equal! Oh, what is it about those epic speeches you feel you have to make? You must be compensating for something. Behold my true form and no fear. Tremble, for I am the master of death. Envy me, for I walk in eternity. Succumb to the dark powers of my rubber-ducky. Mock me if you will, but I know all about you, Byron. About the dark times and what That's you- enough. What's the matter, Byron? Have I touched a nerve? Afraid to look at the truth of yourself? She told me your plans, you know. Everything you're working towards. Quite the ambitious task you've set for yourself. I've listened to this long enough. It's time we end this. You're right. This will end. But not now. Not here. There is still much to prepare for. Farewell, pale man. We'll meet again. Chris, Chris, wake up. We have to get out of here. <sighs> did... Did you stop him? Not yet. But I will. We need to get out of here. 
Well, at least the rush flow has been stopped. Come along, Chris. It's about time we got you safely tucked in before the sun comes up. What you said about vampires? Yes. They... Well, I mean, we are parasites, aren't we? We aren't living, not dead. Just kind of stuck in the middle. Living off humanity forever and ever. It doesn't have to be that way. That's the problem with them, though, isn't it? They forget they were once human. Yes, sadly. They start looking at humans as little more than a food source. They've forgotten what it means to be human at times. Then that's something I should never forget. Indeed. And I will always be around to remind you. Come along. The sun will be up soon. You have been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Episode 3, Forgotten Sins, written by Eric Busby and Paul Mannering, music composed and used with permission of Midnight Syndicate. Featured in the cast were Laura Post as Chris Sparrow, Damaris Mannering as Estiva, Shire Smith as Zoe, Mark Brzee as Slate, Paul Mannering as Kadusha, Ben Harmer as Bren Laven, Ellie Hirschman as Jerry Tibbs, and David Alt as Byron. The series was created and produced by Eric Busby. Post-production work by Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production.